We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah. This is one hell of a night. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. Let's not waste any time. Let's get straight to it. Well, now, hold on. Let's not get straight to it. Okay. We gotta, people have to be ready. We can poor, waste time if you poor want. Poor Sean to. just got in here. he got to get his headphones on. We uh, take this time every Monday night that we get to spend with all of you uh, to spend some time with Sean Michael Lyle from the newsroom. Now, here's a man that went to broadcast school in Hollywood, California, worked there. He's a man of, well, he's a man of the entertainment industry. He's He knows it well. He's... Enjoyed time with the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Yakov Smirnoff, as we've learned. Uh, so many people. Was it was it Tina Louise? Who was it? No, that, no it wasn't <laughs> Tina Louise. It was, there was somebody. No, I only worked. Uh, I was only around people who had jobs. One uh, of the carpenters. Uh, huh? No, Didn't, no, it wasn't music. Last week he told us a story about somebody you met looking into a store. Oh, uh, that was uh, no. What that was the the daughter of one of the bombers and the papas. It was um, Mackenzie Phillips. Who was on one Mackenzie day Phillips. Yeah. That's exactly who it was. Uh, we had so, a hamburger together. Uh, so Michael, I brought up the name. We were filled in for the DGS last week. I brought up the name of Jack Lalane. Mm-hmm. Michael had no idea who no Jack idea. Had a PJ over here. Who's what are you, fifteen well, years old? He, he didn't know who Jack Lalane. I walked out of the studio. Uh, Sean Michael Lyle. Yeah, I didn't know that he was a national figure because he was uh, from the Bay Area, and he was a local guy. Just another right. guy. Out there. Yeah, he was on the local TV station. Uh-huh. Him and his wife and his dog. He was nationwide, big boy. Yeah, well, at that time I didn't know that, uh-huh. uh, and he uh, he used to swim across the uh, the San Francisco Bay into his eighties. His eighties. Come on. Yeah. Oh, he was incredible. That's dangerous as heck. No, uh, not for him. My father-in-law uh-huh. reminds me of Jack Lloyd. Yeah. Really. I mean, he was just healthy and fit, and huh. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they had this. Organist, and it was really cheesy because he did a, a, an exercise show for housewives. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what it was all about. It was during the, the, the daytime, and he would always, it, he ended with a, a, a song to uh, about good night ladies to the to the tune of good night ladies. Yeah. And then he would sing as he's doing jumping jack. Yeah, wow. I mean, incredible. Jack yeah. So I thought that's what we talk about, but no. No, uh, there was something in the news that uh, yes. an, an encounter I had. So uh, years, well, when I was going to broadcast, Casting school, actually, uh-huh. in Hollywood, uh, I, in Hollywood I, I went down to the beach to Malibu. Yeah. And I was walking in the beach with Malibu and it was a late afternoon. Uh, I think it was late afternoon. Sun, anyway, sun it, was setting. 
No, it wasn't. Oh, but okay. it, it was it was it was kind of cloudy, as <laughs> I recall. Cloudy anyway, day. so I was standing there, uh, and there are houses that are on the beach, on the beach. Be- behind the beach. Right. Uh, all the beaches in California are open. You're not allowed. None of them are private. There's right. no such thing. So anyway, I was looking, and there was this lady there, and I was noticing it was a beautiful day. I think, and and she was noticing, and then we just started chatting a little bit, and then I chatting kind of, with a lady, and I st- started walking closer to this uh, this. Um, uh, patio, this you know, a, a, a patio at uh, in front of the house on the patio. Yeah, on a beautiful day in. Southern she was California. she was having iced tea. She was and, having iced tea on the patio. Yes, and so we went up there, and uh, I went up there, I should say, and and chatted with her a little bit, having she, a conversation. She with the offered lady me on the some patio. iced tea. She offered him some iced tea, and I had some iced tea with the lady on the patio. And we never even bothered to introduce each other. You didn't say I'm Sean Michael Lyle, and she did not say I'm Olivia Newton John. Wow. Hello. Hello. Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John. She Woo. was the sweetest, nicest lady, and just so casual. Yeah. I, I, as as I remembered after the encounter, yeah. that I thought, you know, that probably wasn't her house because I thought she had a like a horse ranch up the Malibu Canyon. Of course, she did. I know that she's owned several. She owned several houses yeah. in Malibu. So that she, that may have been one of her places. It, or it may have been. I don't know. Or she was just visiting, drinking somebody's tea. Or maybe she was just bar, bar, so barring their patio. Do you remember the conversation? What, what year would this have been? Uh. In 78, 79? 19, no, maybe, may, yeah, 79, probably. 79. So she's at the height of Olivia Newton Johnness at that point. Well, this, I think, was, yeah, just before mm-hmm. physical came out, I right. think. Yeah, yeah. She was she was as, at the height of it. But she was very, because uh, I remember she was wearing a... Um, uh, I was going to ask you what she was wearing. White, uh, kind of white uh, um, linen type pants that yeah. were very loose, uh-huh. and kind of a, uh, I think a, a pastel blousey top that was, you know, loose, and it was just kind of beach. Yeah, and sandals, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, it was very uh-huh. beach kind of stuff. She was absolutely beautiful, lovely lady. But yeah. she was. It, what struck me though was that she was so gentle and friendly. She offered you tea. Yeah, we had. Was it we, sweet tea or yes, unsweet? it was sweet. It was sweet mm-hmm. tea. Yeah, and and so do you remember? Do you recall the contents of the conversation in 1979? Not really. Hmm. No, because we were. Well, I do know that I told her that I was going to broadcasting school. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as she I didn't, didn't give you any pointers. Uh, well, it was radio. I told her it was radio, yeah. and she hadn't really done much radio. Right. And you know, she was a very soft-spoken, oh. um, very gentle person. I had actually seen her before that. Uh, because I was at the, uh, uh, just standing across the street, I was on my way to broadcast. She would have been 30 years old in 1979. Yes, she was, she was, uh, that, she didn't look it. Um, but I, I had some time before that had been to, um, when they had the, uh, world premiere, I guess it was a world premiere of Greece at the uh, Chinese theater Uh and she was there. Uh, so this was your second encounter. I do. I was. I couldn't call the first in encounter yeah, because was I, I was not even on the same side of the street. I was watching from a, a, across. Gotcha. But I do remember. I did remember how how gentle uh, she spoke then. She didn't speak up very much. I mean, her voice was very hard to understand, especially with the uh, the ocean. She spoke in almost a whisper. I think. Yeah, it was say. very. It was a very light voice. A very light voice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. But I, mean, I also remember, too, because I know that it, we've heard in some of the reports that she was Australian, and I remember at that time thinking that her accent was British. Yeah. And and I did, I think I did ask her about that, and she said that she was from Cambridge, England. Ah. 
and and that she had she lived in Australia. Right, right. But she was actually originally and her from people England. were from Cambridge, so she yeah. would have spoken like her parents. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I think that she was like a teenager when she went to Australia. I don't know. I don't know how long she was there, but but I, I think have been there too long. But we, I think I did mention something about her accent, which I, usually when I encounter people from other countries, I do ask them about where they're from and all. Yeah, that. of course. So I, I think I I remember. How asking long was about this? That. How long was this? Uh, did you finish the tea? Uh, well, I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably 15 minutes at the wow. moment. Wow. 15 minutes. Did you, did you sit down? No. Oh, you didn't sit. Okay. No, so. it was it was a wooden uh, wooden patio yeah. on the front of the uh, building with the kind of the rails and the step up. Yeah. And and I'd stepped up and there was a tables and ch- a couple tables and chairs and the iced tea was there and she was drinking tea. She had a sip, I think, uh, just one sip, and I had uh, uh, you know a few sips of Gulping tea. Gulping that stuff down because it's hot out there. No, it wasn't hot. Oh, it wasn't hot. No, at all. no, no. It's the the the, uh, the wind off the ocean is like Folks, that. You, you know, you could you could spend your entire life running that dial up and down, keep hitting the tuner button on your car. This radio. wasn't too long, actually. Though after I was shown around the uh, a set, it was a, a live set on on a street, so it yeah. wasn't like a, in a studio. But I was shown a, around the set by Cheryl Ladd. Oh come on! Uh-huh. So, so I was, I had a quite a run going those Cheryl days. Cheryl Ladd. Cheryl Ladd showed you around the set. Yeah, and they were doing uh, what was that show that she Charlie's was Angels? Oh, Charlie's Angels. They were doing, I believe. Uh, uh, Charlie's Angels. They'd set up the uh, the uh, Chloe's, you know, the the yeah. uh, the trailers for, and they had all the uh, the cameras and everything blocked so off. So Cheryl Ladd actually replaced Farrah Fawcett on Charlie's Angels, if memory serves. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was about 1980. 1980. No, sure. no, that was the, that was about 79. So that was yeah, right that was there. about the same same time. So yeah. So. As I was saying, you you could hit the tuner button on your radio dial for hours, hours. And never hear the likes of what what we find in these nuggets of time that we spend with Sean Michael. But Lyle. people who live in Hollywood have all have the same stories. Really? We, yeah. You just run into people all the you time. You just bump into them all. You over. ever bump into Charles Manson? Uh, you actually, uh, <laughs> I did cover when he was uh, oh, he went uh, as a news guy. He died at, in uh, Bakersfield, California, while I was the news director there. Did he just recently die? No, that was a few years ago. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, so you covered it? Uh, yes. What an evil dude! I think he it was, was his huh? death. Well, he anyway. They brought him to the hospital. He he was. That's where he was incarcerated wow. in Kern County, California, Bakersfield. Yeah, yeah. folks. I uh, I don't know what to tell you if you're just tuning in. They never except KMOX.com. You won't want to miss this. Sean Michael Lyle. Thank you. It's always a fascination when you enter into Studio B. It is. It is. <laughs> when we come back, it's Braxton Payne. It's what's trending. It's KMOX. Michael Kelly and John Hancock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Connect with KMOX on air, online. 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX.com. He is the king of pain. We go to the KMOX Celebrity Guest Line where we're joined by Braxton Payne for What's Trending. Hello, Braxton. Good evening, gentlemen. Slow news night for you guys. Yeah, not much trending in the world out there tonight, Braxton. (laughs) You're going to have a hard time digging for topics tonight. Yeah, definitely not. What's trending, buddy? So, you know, to stay away from what you guys have already talked about, I got some nice four topics that are a little lighter. Four uh, topics. One's a little heavy. Uh, but you can pick from them. So okay. I got we got Axios, mm. we got Anne Anne Hesh, Hash, Anne excuse Hesh. me, Dave Matthews or Elton John. Ooh, well, uh, I think I'd like to start with Elton John. Oh, uh, does it talk about his ticket prices anywhere in this uh, segment? It does not. I do not want to rub salt on some John Hancock wounds there with uh, <laughs> with, with Elton John. But he does have uh, some breaking news today oh. that he uh, has confirmed his publicist and Britney Spears publicist have confirmed that they are going to do a uh, collab on a single here coming up later this year as the, the plan that they're going to have. Elton a John and Britney Spears? Yes, are going to do a song together. Huh. That's not uncommon, though, because Elton John did one with um, with the rapper Eminem. He did one with George mm-hmm. Michael. He did one with, uh, boy, he's done a bunch of collabs. He should with have done one with stars. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. It could have been two Johns. Uh-huh. Any yeah, idea when that's going to be out, Brax? So they're saying it's going to be out this fall, but you know how uh, creatives can be. Um, so I expect it sometime, you know, in 2024. Uh, to be honest, at this point, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I think Britney Spears, you know, having gone through her conservatorship with her dad and, you know, finally being free from the reins there is actually going to be able to create music, make her own money, because, you know, before anything that she made uh, would just go directly to her father. So now she's actually going to be able to make money, and, you know, Elton John produces hit after hit for decades and decades, and his collabs in recent years have been the big thing that he's been making money well, on outside be, of his own. This signal. is going to be potentially amazing. Uh, Britney Spears and, and Elton John together. Yeah. Can't wait. All right, yeah. let's move on to the next topic, Braxton. Um, let's go with Dave Matthews. Uh-oh, I know this one. So what? Dave Matthews, it's a famous day in Dave Matthews history. 18 years ago yeah. today, um, Dave Matthews band was, you know, driving through the lovely city of Chicago, um, on their tour bus and they stopped over one of the bridges and, um, one of the bridges, their, their tour bus driver decided to unload the human waste that has been building up on their bus, What? Uh, 800 pounds of it. And it ended up landing on a passenger boat floating on the river there, oh, uh, the Chicago river. People got rushed to the hospital. Oh, could you imagine 800 pounds of falling on you? <laughs> that would yeah. be that would be a horrible way to die. I yeah. mean, you think about yeah. all the ways, you know. I mean, uh, 
God forbid, car accident. I mean, you know, but having well, having Dave Matthews poop fall on you from but the problem over the here bridge. is Dave wasn't even in the bus. It wasn't Dave Matthews. Right. It was and, and the guy pushed a button, and it's a horrible story. Well, it doesn't make any difference whether it was Dave Matthews's poop or not. It was Dave Matthews's bus had the poop in it, and the poop from the bus fell on the people on the boat. Well, I wonder yeah. how often that happens. Yeah, well, I'm sure it happens bus more than poop, we know. Bus poop falling into a boat full of people. I mean, that's got to be fairly rare, I would think. Well, yeah. and, and so Dave Matthews, like, like this company and band, got sued by the city of Chicago. Obviously, one would the think. people that were on yeah. on there and the EPA. And you know, Hopefully nobody died. They, Did anybody die? Yeah. Huh? No one died. Oh, thank oh, God. So they can live so to tell about the poop changed. falling on them. <laughs> so it changed how Dave Matthews ended up touring because they ended up going, you know, more green and, I mean, this is 2004, so you know the, so, you know the carbon neutral tours and, and <laughs> things like that definitely changed how he did things. And he, you know, he's always been an environmental. Well, you know who used to always way Yeah, you know who used to always travel by bus everywhere. John Madden. Who was that? Yeah, and, uh, can you imagine John Madden poop falling on you from uh, over <laughs> the? Over you see pants? here, we got it. We got we got a bridge right here. We got a boat right here. And see, here comes on the boom. Boom. <laughs> oh, what are our other two topics? Yeah, let's move on, shall we? So, uh, so, so we got one business topic in Axios, and we got a little bit of a sadder topic in and and hey. Let's do Axios, but re- refresh my memory as to what Axios is. Is that some left of center yes. political group? Yes. So they're a little left of center. Yes. Um, if you look at, I mean, John can say they're far left of center, but they're not. They're they're they are left of center, but they're a digital only uh, group that started really come to rise in 2017 after the Trump election, and they did, you know, exposés on the Trump administration, um, people that were inside the administration. That's how they got, you know, notoriety. That's where that uh, that. Australian guy is, right? The reporter? Yes, Jonathan, what's his name? Yes, I know who you're talking about, and I can't think of his last name either. either. But it's Jonathan something or other. But today they announced that uh, Cox Media is actually buying them for $525 million. Whoa. Um, The the founders of Axios, there's three founders. They're going to actually going to stay on as uh, at Axios, and they're going to kind of be a subsidiary. At Cox Media um, is more what you consider more traditional media. They own the Kelly the Kelly Blue Book. They own a bunch of uh, broadband uh, uh, cable and things like that. And they also own the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Um, so it's kind of viewed as like a new age. Uh, you know, type of media going with the more traditional type. And they were valued just last year at $100 million. So they sold for obviously five times that. Think about Cox that. Media. Now listen. But they are, but they're staying on. They're going to put two Cox Media uh, people on the board at Axios, but they're going to still be able to control um, what they do on a day-to-day. But they held out. They were, they were offered $150 million last year by Cox Media. And ended up holding out for one whole year. And Speaking of Cox Media, do either of you know the history of Cox Media? Uh, did Danny Cox start it? Yeah, he did not. Oh, okay. James M. Cox borrowed money in 1898 and founded this little media company. Okay. James M. Cox went on to be the Democratic nominee for President of the United States in 1920. Wow. Running on a ticket with his vice president, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Wow. Losing to Warren Harding and Calvin Coolidge in the 1920 election, Cox 
very prominent, and, uh, and this company grew and grew, and uh, they they got into radio in the 30s, and today they're a well, mega conglomerate media company. They just company. gave a half a billion dollars to an online website. Right, and so all of it founded with a bank loan in 1898 by James Cox, who went on to become the governor of, I think... I don't, I'm not sure, but he ran for president. He was the Democratic wow. nominee for president in 1920. So here, here, he was Catholic as well, and that was an issue in the that's campaign. Who, that's interesting stuff. But here's the most interesting part of that story to me yeah. is that the three founders, who you have to imagine are the ones who've got the biggest skin in the game in mm-hmm. terms of the return on the $500 million, right? are going to stay on. Let me just tell you something right now. Somebody comes in here and offers us a million dollars for Hancock and Kelly. Buddy, I'm out. I ain't well, sticking you know, around. Well, I wouldn't want to leave. The well, one of the founders said of... today that, you know, it wasn't about the money for him. He right. Goes, I would do this type of reporting for free. Uh-huh. And right. he goes, and, but that's what he said. Well, apparently I mean, he wouldn't do it for $125 million. Wanted, so. so how sad <laughs> is this How sad is this Ann Hesh thing? Um, Very. Oh. So she got in a car accident over the weekend. She was driving. Um, we don't know all the details, but she hit a she hit a house, and I think it was her neighborhood. Originally, she they said house? it was you know. Yeah, they, she they think she was drunk. Okay. Yes, and the car caught the car caught on fire, and they originally said that she was in stable condition on Saturday when she went to the hospital. Um, but it today it was released. She's in extremely critical condition and has not woken up from a coma since Saturday. She's got some um, pulmonary issues, right? Yes. And it looks like, I mean, Burns. she came, you know, yeah, she was a soap star. She dated Ellen DeGeneres for three years um, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Was but, it that long ago? Um, wow. Yeah. It, it, she was in a movie what, with Harrison Ford where they're like stranded on a beach together. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I ever saw her. She's been in recently. She's been in like, you know, the, the CBS shows, the FBI, the Chicago PD. She's a sergeant in those oh, wow. like re- right. recurring roles and all of those as well. Uh. So she's had a long career, but um, it doesn't look good. And by the tone of the statement from her publicist today, I don't know if she's um, hopefully she it. can make it out of it. But it doesn't right. look promising. Yeah, a lot of the details that came out of that. She had done a podcast in the morning where somebody had mm-hmm. given them a bottle of vodka. Mm. And they were drinking on the podcast. And later that day, she had hit a car and then hit another, almost hit a pedestrian. And then ultimately culminated in this crash. It sounds like she may have been dealing with some some serious issues. Well, Braxton, yeah. Sorry, the woman that was in her, she was in the house and she was like five, she said less than five feet away from where the car crashed into the house. And she was unscathed, luckily. So that's. Also, another scary thing. Uh, wow. Well, that was a lot of what's trending, Braxton Payne. You've done it again. Thank you so much for your time. We need to step aside. What are we going to do when the power goes out? I have been thinking all evening about how to best say this. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. When I was six years old. Late night with Hancock and Kelly. That's Ed Sheeran. That's very nice. You like him? I do. You know him? I've never met him. He's the one that sings that, uh, you know, the, the romantic song they play at weddings now all the time. We'll play it on the way out. I forget what I'm uh, Yeah, we'll play that on the way out. So, buddy, uh, I'm thinking about you because you showed up at my office tonight. We I were going to play a little pool together. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> swallowing your pride and 
not talking about the fact that you stomped me two games in a row. It's pretty good. Uh, thankfully, we had some breaking news, which pulled us away, so we got to go sit down and listen to CNN for a little while. Uh-huh. We did. But uh, you came in telling me that you are without power. The power went out. What? Four o'clock in the afternoon. What could happen there? Minding my own business, working at home. I, I work from home, so I'm, more, I'm actually working at four o'clock. I'm getting stuff done. And then, poof, power goes out. You're in the basement? I am in my basement office, so I don't have any you windows You and the dog can't see. You, you don't I know can't where you're see. going. No. I have no idea. Mm-mm. The internet's out, of course. No power. Yeah. Well, most importantly, the air conditioner's out. Georgianne was gone, uh, so it was me and Gus. Right. So I had to I had to close the garage door manually, mm-hmm. and I had to unlock the back door for her so she could get in because, you know, probably shouldn't say that on radio. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> nobody's listening. Yeah, it's an excellent point. <laughs> so, but it got me to thinking. My mom. It got me. She's to, not going to rob you. <laughs> it got me to thinking that you know one of the biggest terrorist targets in this country is our power grid, right? And you think of all of the cyber attacks that we've had. Uh, you think about all the malware that gets into our computer systems uh, in various ways, and and we have enemies in this world. And you know, if the power goes out, and you never know. Oh, we're 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 a week away from a third world country I if mean, the power goes out. Yeah, the, throughout the whole country. I mean, no kidding. Yeah, or even a big swath of it. Yeah, and um, you know, and and so when it and I've thought about this, and we've talked about it. Right. You know, that this is a this is an area of vulnerability potentially because our grid's not in the greatest uh, protected shape in a lot of places. And so when the power goes out, you wonder how widespread is it, you know? Uh-huh. Well, apparently it was just my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know. By a raccoon it, ate a wire. Something, something. happened. Right. And, and so it's a big, you know, it's a big potential vulnerability. And you're right, man. I mean, the, the chaos well, that would ensue. We had a, what was called a downburst storm that happened. Goodness, it's got to be 15 years now. Ago, uh, and it was one of these freak things. Nobody saw it coming. All of a sudden, you know, like five o'clock at night, one night, the the winds just got so horrible. Was that not, the, the ice storm? No, it was oh. in the middle of the summer. Same ah. same same time period because uh-huh. it happened then during the ice storm as well. Right. Um, and knocked the power out for almost like a week, where you couldn't get yeah. uh, gas from uh, pumps. And uh, you know, they had folks coming from all over the country to help us get it back up in order. And but I mean you know you can go a day you can go a day or two without power yeah uh, but uh, you know you go three or four days without power that's grocery stores without power that's uh, you know uh, all of our communications are run through power now uh, you know everything in our life is affected by electricity and you're right we are extremely vulnerable there I've often there was a uh, do you did you ever see any of those um, George Clooney Brad Pitt movies Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I know of them. I never watched one. So great movie, but they they came out with a second one called Ocean's Twelve, and and they're in Vegas, and they get a hold of some type of a, it's like an electric bomb, and yeah. what happens is is it fries the grid, it fries everything. Yeah, and I've often thought, boy, if that were to happen, I mean, apparently it fries all the electronics uh-huh. too. Uh-huh. You know, how do you how would we recover? Because I just remember that week where people were siphoning gases gas from. Other cars to put into a car to be able to survive just for the week. Well, and now we're in the process of converting all of our cars over to electric cars. Electric, yeah. And 
You know, so you couldn't, in that case, if all you've got is an electric vehicle, you couldn't even, if it was fairly widespread, you right. know, say in the Midwest, uh, you couldn't even drive a car to get to where power was. Power was, right. And uh, it, it's a scary proposition, man. I, you know, I try not to spend too much time thinking what? about uh, horrific things, but when the power went out today, that was my first thought. How right. widespread is Let this? Let me thing? ask you this. What of the three things I'm going to list? All right. That let's hypothetically say the power was going to be out for a couple of days. What would you miss the most? The internet? The lighting? Your phone? Or um, the most important thing I was just going to bring up, um, I don't know. The refrigerator. <laughs> no, air conditioner. Air conditioner. Yeah, right. Or the air conditioner. Yeah. Probably, well, at this time of year, it'd be the air conditioner. Yeah, I just couldn't even imagine, you know, some of these... Folks without power for and you, you know. can't you can't open the window and turn a fan on. No, oh. so uh, I guess unless you got a battery operated fan. Have you ever like something that that's emerged in our lifetime, like all of our lifetime in this room? We have a young person here too. Is the internet? Mm-hmm. And when we first heard about the internet, it was goofy, right? It was Bill Gates with a mouse looking thing. Like, well, who's well, why would you ever need to sit and point and click at stuff? Now that's all you do. Um, and you know, now we shop on it over the, over the phone line connection. Right. Could you, I mean, did you ever think we would be so dependent on the internet? I mean, it's, it's literally involved in every aspect of our lives. Your your refrigerator works with the internet. Uh, It does. And, uh, I tell you who I feel sorry for is the Encyclopedia Britannica people. Yeah, no, that's over with. <laughs> it's probably done. Yeah. Or libraries in general. <laughs> Remember when you and I'd have to go research a paper? We'd go to the library? The card catalog. Yeah, to go to the card. With it. Then they spend a whole week teaching you the Dewey Decimal. Yeah, well, and the whole card catalog. And the thing. whole card yeah. catalog, so you know how to do it. Now, I do know how to I do it. I was talking to my nieces and nephews the other day. I said, have you ever go to a library? And they're like, no, never been to one. Ooh. And these these are grown grown adults. Yeah, right. Went to college, right. the whole bit. Yeah, you don't have to go to a library anymore. Well, I was still typing my freshman year of college. Well, no, my first year of graduate school. No, that's not true. But I, my early a, college typewriter? career, I was typing my papers on a typewriter. Not, did you have the typewriter where you if you messed up, you had to go and and white erase out. it, or white it out, yeah. and then go back and type yeah. over yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I used whiteout on the typewriter. So I, I learned how to type on an, uh, an electric typewriter. Yeah. But by the time I went to college is when word processors were oh, really sure. just yeah, kind of getting yeah, going. Yeah. So we had a word processor, but, you know, it, it was the old style. We used to have to go to the computer lab to type our papers. <laughs> right. You know? And <laughs> right. go check out, a, you know, have a computer, you know, and you sit down <laughs> and you type at the computer lab and you're doing your paper. Now you don't even have to type. You can just sit and talk to it. Yeah. And it will type whatever you talk. Pretty remarkable. Except that that system is flawed. Well. I don't like it. What? The, the, the talk the to whole text? Siri thing. I shouldn't say that. My phone's right here. Yeah. But the whole talking to your phone thing, because it always screws up without fail. Yeah, but it's pretty remarkable how cool it is or how close it is. My wife just texted me that uh, the power was back on and she and Dustin were going home. <laughs> you mean Gus? It was Gus the dog. Did you say, well, uh, honey, <laughs> who's. Who's Dustin? I said, tell Dustin I'll be there at 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you're going to have to get home. At least you'll have air conditioning to watch all the news tonight. Boy, what a night. I'm telling you, John Hancock, I have a feeling this is going to be a very crazy week. Certainly could be. And, you know, the the way the FBI works, uh, I 
I sort of expect we're not going to know much about any of this for quite some time. I renew my motion that this is going to be <laughs> yeah, a very yeah. crazy week uh, because be they don't something. usually speak about ongoing investigations. Mm-hmm. And this is all anyone's going to talk about. In fact, there's one news network. It's going to be the only thing they talk about. It'll be a whole lot of speculation. And they're going to rile a lot of people up. And there's a lot of people on the other side who are celebrating. I think we are headed towards one crazy week. Could very well be. And it's a Monday of a crazy week. And we've got one little segment left of this fun little shindig. And uh, Ed Sheeran. Oh, this is the wedding song. Isn't that a great tune? It's very nice. We'll be back after this. Listen to a little of this. Talk a little carnal baseball. Will your eyes still smile from your cheek? Darling, I will be loving you till we're 17. Three infielders on the right side for Carpenter, who swings and hits a ground ball to Goldsmith. Underhanding to Helsley, a Redbird winner, and a sweep of the Yankees. The Cardinals have won seven straight, and they improved their record to 60 and 48, and today beat the Yankees 12 to 9. How great was that series? Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, truly remarkable, and I don't think we got more than five innings out of any of our starters in that series. Think about that. Uh, Wayno went four. I think uh, Hudson went four. And Montgomery went five, and he got cramps. He five shutout innings for Montgomery. He looked really good, but uh, this heat and humidity, right. he cramped up and couldn't continue. A Sunday game was the longest game in Major League Baseball this year. Wow. It was the longest game in Bush Stadium 3's history. Yeah. And uh, I, I was with you at the beginning of the game. I was uh, back at my house uh, right. by the end of it. And let me tell you, it had a... World Series-like atmosphere about mm-hmm. it. Just the intensity, the fans, they were standing up when there'd be two outs uh, and they were getting close, you know, they'd start to cheer. And the Cardinals had fallen behind 4-1. to one. Right. And, I mean, the, our track record this year when that happens has not been good. And it's the Yankees. Yeah. And the Yankees starter that day. I, this is what I find fascinating. So... The whole trade deadline's coming up, and all the, if you listen to the sports call in shows here at Sports Open Line, everybody's demanding that the Cardinals go out and get this left hander on the Oakland A's, Frankie Montes. Uh-huh. He's the best available pitcher out there. Go get that guy. And who did the, uh, who did the Yankees go get? They got, they went and got Frankie Montes. He started for them. On Sunday, right, uh, pitched three innings, gave up six runs, walked four, and uh, and our guy that pitched Saturday from the Yankees threw five shutout innings. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, pretty good job by John Mozeliak. Totally. And that Sunday game was a slugout. I mean, you had uh, Adam was laboring, but he stayed in it almost through five innings. He, yeah. He did as well as anyone could have Over expected. Over 100 pitches in four innings. Let's plus. let's preview what we got coming up. We've got Colorado. Um, we are at Colorado. Miles Michaelis tomorrow night, uh, 7.40 game. I guess that means we'll be on the air about 6.30, Matt, um, with pregame and uh, leading up to Cardinal baseball tomorrow. So you'll want to tune into that. We've got a series with Cardinals. Our Colorado Rockies, then Milwaukee comes to town. To here, right. Yeah, and those are important games. Those will be very important games. You know, Milwaukee's been really kind of laboring since the trade deadline. They traded their all-star closer, Josh Hader. Really a surprise move. I I certainly was surprised to see that. They traded him to the Padres, and that had to be somewhat deflating, I would think, for that clubhouse 
here they are. They were in first place at the time, and they traded their closer. Yeah. I heard an interview with um, Adam Wainwright the other day when obviously there was all this talk of Juan Soto potentially coming to St. Louis and all the players' names that were on it. He apparently told the young guys, think about that. They thought so much about you that they didn't make that trade. They're right. committed to you doing this. And I feel like that team's responding. Hey, speaking of trades and Juan Soto, you made an interesting observation earlier about the San Diego Padres. They're playing right now uh, against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we'll keep uh, – well, you'll hear all the scores tomorrow. But uh, right. share with me your observation because I think it made sense. Well, the Padres made so many big changes at the at the trade deadline and just before. They, they got Juan Soto, uh, who's just never been a player at the age of 23 with the kind of numbers that Juan Soto has put together that still has a number of years of club control, a couple anyway, that traded at the trade deadline before in the history of baseball. So that was a – seminal event to, to let that guy go. And he goes to the Padres. So does Josh Hader. They picked up some other players. They, they made the substantial moves. A lot of baseball analysts think the Padres had the best trade deadline. And I wonder if maybe they've changed things up too much. You know, you, you bring in so changed the character of that clubhouse that it may not gel together. It might. I mean, it certainly could. They've lost four straight since the trade deadline. They're not lighting the world on fire at the moment. Meanwhile, the Dodgers continue to put wins on the board, and they're expanding their lead in that just crazy National League Western division. It's just amazing what's going on over there. Well, they're so doggone good. They're 75-33. and And they now have, thanks to the Cardinals beating the Yankees, they now have the best record in baseball. Yeah, and they're so good. They're on an eight-game winning streak. San Diego on a four-game losing streak. The Cardinals on a seven-game winning streak. Going out to Colorado, a team that we ought to beat up. Uh, But it's that real thin air out there in Colorado, so uh, hopefully we can outgun them. Yeah, that's, you know, and sometimes I think something like 30 of our next 36 games are against teams that have uh, sub-500 records, some crazy number. It may not be exactly right. But those, those teams scare me. Because they they really got nothing to lose. All I want all I want to do is beat you, and and uh, the Cardinals. Well, we just lost two or three to Cincinnati before this latest hot run commenced. So, you know these these are games you should win. They're series you should win. But the, the, you got you still have to go out and win the games. You got to pitch. You got to play defense. You got to get timely hitting uh, and win the games. But I do think this Cardinal ball club has improved itself. And when you look at Lars Newtbar and the way he's now hitting and defending, he's become the everyday right fielder for this team right now. And Paul DeYoung coming back from AAA. Who thought Paul DeYoung would be putting up some of the numbers he has in the last week or so? And and how, how what a great story that is because you know he he got relegated, man. It was it wasn't pleasant when he got sent down. He just wasn't putting it up, oh, and, it was and he could have taken it and just faded off into a. You know, oblivion. But uh, he went down there in the AAA and worked his little tail off, and he had 17 home runs down there. Yeah, in a little over two months. Yeah, and then comes up and was a difference maker this past weekend. Yeah, he hit the three-run homer in the eighth inning to win that game yesterday. We needed it uh, because Helsley gave up a dinger uh, in the top of the ninth. The Cardinals held on. They won that game 12 to nine. They swept the series. I never would have thought 
the Cardinals would sweep a series from the New York Yankees. It's never happened before. The Field of Dreams game is on Wednesday. Who's That's playing? Uh, it's uh, the Cubs and the Reds, I believe. Oh, boy. Uh, so, That's rough. But they're going to the old school uh, uniforms. Hopefully someday the Cardinals will be there, but I guess it won't be next year because next year the Cardinals are going to London yeah. to play the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that'll be something. And I wonder uh, if the Brits, if they if they appreciate American baseball. You know, they play cricket over there. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, you play it with a paddle board or whatever the heck you call it. I don't get cricket. Uh, you don't get much that's not just America and apple pie. I get pie. snooker. Yeah. Did I mention that uh played a little snooker over the weekend? I, I'm sorry. We're about to run out of time. We didn't <clears throat> get to talk about the fact that you beat me 10 games to none. <clears throat> no, no. It was 9 to 1. 9 to 1. Well, that's Michael Kelly. I'll I'm Johnny Friday Hancock. morning, brother. The, uh, I'll be here Friday morning. I guess the best of Glover is uh, just around the corner. That's after the news brought to you by the ever-fascinating... Sean Michael Lyle, all of that coming your way here on KMOX. Have a good night. Thanks, Matt. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.